How do I meet my soulmate? How do I move on from heartbreak? Does my dream relationship even exist? Are, are dating apps the only way I can meet people? Are all relationships this hard? This is Between the Sheets with Dr. Love. Each week, your host dives into sex, love, dating, relationships, and everything in between. Welcome to Between the Sheets with Dr. Love. Hey, 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 it's me, Dr. Love, and welcome to another episode of Between the Sheets with me. So today we're going to be talking about codependency. Yes, that's right. And you have probably heard of the word codependency being thrown around in conversations with your girlfriends. And you've probably even heard it on uh, TV shows like Married at First Sight. But what is codependency? When the term was created, it was really created and probably applied to people in relationships who came from families of substance abuse or that have partners that have an addiction. So like alcoholics or sex addiction or whatever it is. But since then, the ideology of codependency has really broadened to general practice. So like the general population, we use it uh, transparently across different situations in relationships now. Okay. And this is probably due to more people being codependent than once thought. And I've seen this transition in practice. So obviously in my practice over the last couple of 10 10 or so years is that codependent relationships means one partner is addicted to them or has an extreme dependency on the other partner. And so a lot of their self-esteem, emotional and physical needs are met actually by their partner. And often the dependent partner has an addictive personality, which can stem from a family history of addiction or abuse, or it could even stem from a family of neglect and unavailability. So their need for emotional fulfillment and control is in the relationship and it can be to the extreme in some circumstances. So codependency can be confusing. So when you think about this person growing up, taking care of a parent rather than the other way around, they were unable to find their true identity in the process, therefore becoming attached to others to complete them in some way. So they haven't had an ability to grow up and find themselves. So what are the signs of codependency? Now, I read a great book, Codependent No More. So if you're looking for a book to read, that's one that I have read. It's Melody Beattie, I think that was the author. And I do recommend reading that book. She talks about codependency and relationships and how we become addicted to our partners just like we become addicted to a substance. So what are the signs of codependency? So finding out you're in a codependent relationship can be tough. And it's hard to break that facade, right, and look at the relationship objectively because when you're in the relationship, it's really difficult to look like you're standing outside the relationship. But if you become familiar with the signs of codependency, it can help you realize if you are actually in one. And you could either be the giver or the receiver of this codependent transaction. And you need to probably come to terms with why this might be happening to you. So is it an attachment of where you've come from? It's attachment learning style of a family you've been born into. So one of the things that 
are common amongst these relationships is that there is an element of low self-esteem. So one of the telltale signs that you or your partner are codependent is the lack of self-esteem from one of you. And from a young age, the person was really not brought up in a household where they received you know, a lot of praise or they built up their self-esteem. Maybe their existence wasn't acknowledged or their successes wasn't acknowledged by their parents or any aspect of their life. So that feeling of never being good enough is then transferred into their adult life. This person often compares themselves to others while trying to achieve probably the perfection in their own lives, like trying to make it uh, perfect, trying to be acknowledged, and they spend so much time trying to be acknowledged. And for this person, anything that is created that is less than perfect equals guilt tripping and shaming themselves for not being the best because if they weren't the best, they wouldn't be acknowledged. But it's sort of weird because even if they were the best growing up, they probably weren't acknowledged anyway, but they are striving to be the best because At least that is, it could be a way of acknowledgement and being noticed. The other thing that I see coming through some of these relationships is that there can be some aspects of narcissism. And I I sort of, uh, we throw this word around a lot, but it really does encapsulate what I'm trying to get across if I just mention that word. So codependent people hold some of these traits around narcissistic people such as uh, wanting control of the relationship. They have a good, fantastic emotional manipulation. They are reactive when things don't go their way. And so feeling safe and secure in a codependent relationship is their bread and butter. So they need to feel that they're, they're safe and secure. And there are certain ways that you need to behave and others should probably think the same way. So often crossing boundaries, which they don't actually recognize in order to keep their mind at ease is a form of emotional manipulation. And this is dangerous because the person that's being manipulated without even realizing is almost under their command and they lose all sense of ownership or free will in that relationship because they're being controlled by someone else that they are not aware of. And so there's two sort of lacks of self-esteem here. It's the person that's doing the manipulating and the person that's being manipulated both have a tendency and a vulnerability in relationships. So whether it's a need for control because of the lack of self-esteem or it's the need for someone to control because of the lack of self-esteem. You know, in these cases, their emotional manipulation can be as simple as making their partner feel guilty or going somewhere without them, or shaming them for not doing things their way. And when it comes to disagreements, they don't disagree in a healthy way. I mean, we all argue in relationships and there's a healthy way to argue, but when there's a codependent relationship, it is often received as a lack of emotional maturity and boundaries are crossed, so they feel attacked. And the person doing it often becomes quite defensive and feeling like, hang on a minute, this is a personal attack. How dare you go there? Even if it wasn't a direct comment about them, but it sounds like it makes them feel uncomfortable. So you've crossed the boundary. Also in these relationships, you see one partner being an extreme people pleaser. 
And this goes hand in hand with that, you know, low self-esteem that I mentioned earlier. The codependent person wants to make sure everyone is happy because they feel it will make them likable and it serves some gratification for them. They were didn't feel likable growing up or they've had plenty of experiences to indicate that they're not likable in some respect because of their relationships. And so they really get some gratification out of pleasing others because it fulfills that need. So they'll go out of their way to sacrifice their needs to others. And what tends to happen in that scenario is that they, because they go out of their way so often is that they become worn out, like emotionally exhausted. Even if the tasks they're completing aren't necessarily worth massive efforts, but they have expended so much energy doing stuff for self, but doing stuff for others that they start to become depleted. But they have this huge desire to feel needed that if someone rejects their help, they actually become offended. So if they are helping, want to offer you help and you say no, they take that quite personally, like you don't like me. And it also gives them lack of control, inability to fix the situation. So if they feel like they can fix a situation and then feel better and you stop them, they're like, it's it's so hard on their self-concept that they can't cope and they don't stop thinking about it. The other thing I see in these relationships is there's an inability to communicate. So a combination of not wanting to upset the partner and not wanting to ask for help and wanting their partner to just know what they want, this combination of wanting all of this, but the codependent person often finds themselves in a pickle because they actually can't clearly communicate to their partner. And often their behavior leads to arguments or disagreements on what they're trying to say because they're actually afraid of being honest and clear in the first place. So they, they're tiptoeing around really what it is they want to say and they don't get their message across and then they feel like crap because the person now doesn't like them because they, you know, delivered the information not in an efficient way. So this notion of I really want to be liked and I I want to ask something but I don't want to offend the other person or I don't want them to get angry at me so I'll try and do it in a way that sort of gets the message across but it never does and so that person never ends up getting what they actually want or their needs fulfilled because they can't communicate it or they're afraid to and sometimes that comes down to if I communicate what I want I'll be actually disappointed because they won't give it to me so I'll I rather not ask because if I don't know then I can't be hurt The other situation is they really, somewhat, this person really needs a partner. And you probably know someone that is like that, someone that is always in a relationship, whether they should be or not, it doesn't matter. They could have just got out of a relationship and they go straight back into one. They could be really codependent in some form because this behavior means they are needing to be in a relationship because they can't cope with not being in one. And it could be the feeling of loneliness or being depressed if they're on their own or feeling like they're nobody if they're not connected to somebody, which is toxic in itself. But this is how people fulfill a need is that they're not okay on their own. So I want to be with someone. And that can come from a deep place is that they spent a lot of time on their own growing up as a child and they longed for attention from their parents and didn't get it. And so now they have a choice of an, as an adult to be in a relationship. And so they make that choice feeling like it's going to fill the void. 
But unfortunately, it doesn't because they're in that relationship for all the wrong reasons. But they always have that need to sort of take care of someone because if they're taking care of someone, it means they're less likely to be rejected because that person relies on them. So they're really afraid of rejection and being abandoned, which is probably that, and that's that notion of childhood of, you know, whether it's being abandoned or being neglected, it's the same. So codependent people often stay in toxic, even abusive relationships because they would rather that than be alone. The pain of being alone far outweighs being in a toxic relationship. They'd rather be partnered with someone. They then start to feel quite trapped because they're actually in a relationship they've tried to avoid and it's just, it's so toxic. What also happens is that when it goes into a place of toxicity and someone's feeling trapped, there can be a notion of turning to addiction, so self-medicating. So, Those people who are in codependent relationships often have really painful emotions. You know, they don't want to think about them. They don't want to go there. And this is why a lot of them drown themselves in distractions like work or partying. And sometimes that distraction comes in the form of how can I numb the pain? Those distractions aren't enough. And so that might be turning to substances like alcohol, prescription medication, drugs to actually escape the reality of them feeling worthless or unlovable or even the feelings of failure or shame that come with being in relationships like that. You know, they're trying to escape from those real early emotions of abandonment, loneliness, resentment maybe, even a a sense of hopelessness like I don't have the ability to change this. So that resides in a codependent mind I would say. So how is it that you can help someone or how does someone get some help if they're in a codependent relationship? It's actually a little bit difficult to have this person realize what they're actually doing because there's so much denial surrounding their behavior and their feelings and their needs. So they spend a lot of time paying attention to other people's needs and they work on other external things happening around them that they've put themselves in a place of avoidance for so long. So they're actually not looking internally at their own issues. And a lot of the time there's some blame. It's that person's fault or it's that, that's why I'm like that. So codependency can often go unnoticed and it can't change unless the person really acknowledges, sees the behavior and wants or needs it to be different. Otherwise, there's no point. So it's it's an addiction and it's almost the same you know you can't you can't help an addict until they realize they're an addict and that is the same with a relationship like this they need to recognize that they are addicted to their relationship and they will need a lot of guidance and support from people around them to actually push and and almost detox from the relationship they will also experience the physiology that an addict would to a substance. They will have an aching body. Sometimes they might vomit. They can't sleep. They have bouts of anxiety. They are depressed. All of that is evident in, um, you know, relationships that are toxic or codependent because that is your drug. That relationship is your drug. So if you need some help in this space, you really need some guidance, you need some people around you, 
There are so many books written around codependency. And like I said, get that one, Codependent No More. That's a book that I totally recommend. But you might need to seek some professional help here or a support group to help you get through this and move away from this person in your relationship. And you know, there's no malice in it. It just means that you need to find the resources and upskill to be able to walk away and get through that period of withdrawal from your partner. So treating and overcoming this codependency in a meaningful and actionable way is going to be important. And you need consistency. You need to be able to follow through and a professional will help you do that. So on that note, if you know someone that's in a codependent relationship, it might be worth pointing it out. They might not be ready to listen, but you just never know. This is Dr. Love. Follow, subscribe, tell all your friends about this podcast, and I'll see you on the next episode. See ya. Thanks for listening to the podcast with Dr. Love. For all show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, head to www.drlove.com. That's D-R-L-U-R-V-E dot com. Got a question for Dr. Love? Email her at ask at doctor.love.com. Love the show. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review or share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, lovers. We'll see you on the next episode. This is Between the Sheets with Dr. Love.